Today we celebrate the feast, the memorial of St. John Damascene, St. John of Damascus. And he lived in uh, the 8th and 9th century and is the last of the church fathers. He's the kind of the bridge into from the early church to the Middle Ages. And he was known uh, for his uh, defense of religious art and icons. And he wrote the exposition of the Orthodox faith, which is a summary of the, the Greek fathers. And it's kind of like the, the Summa, Aquinas' Summa of the West East. And he's also known as a poet, an eloquent preacher, especially on the Blessed Virgin Mary. And uh, many of his hymns are still used liturgically today. And he is mostly known, though, for his defense of religious art. And Pope Leo XIII in the late 1800s made him a doctor of the church, the doctor of Christian art, because he lived in a time in which there was uh, these heretics who would destroy the artwork in churches because they thought it was uh, you know, blasphemous. They thought it was wrong to have religious art. They would look to certain uh, scripture verses like uh, in the listing of the Ten Commandments in which it talks about do not have graven images and they would argue, you know, this is uh, false worship, this is idol worship. And St. John of Damascus gave uh, basically a twofold argument that Christians do not actually worship images. Rather, they worship through them. They worship God in the images of God, and they honor, through the images of saints, the memory of saints. And then secondly, and this is a, uh, you know, an important point, because Christ took on flesh, because the Son of God became incarnate, taking on an incarnate physical form, Christ allows for the church to have depictions of him. We now see God visibly through Christ. You know, Jesus told his apostles, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And so whereas in the Old Testament, it wouldn't have been proper to have images of God because uh, there was only very slight, uh, mysterious forms of God, like Moses seeing him in the cloud on, Moses, uh, on Mount Sinai. But now that Jesus took on flesh, we can see the face of God. And so why would we not want to see God? That is why we have these images. That's why we have icons of Jesus. And then through all the other saints as well. Because it's natural for us to have pictures of our loved ones, of our family and our friends. And so why would we not want to be remembered, remembering them and honoring them, you know, in our secular society, think of how many statues we have of our civil heroes 
Well, why would we not do the same for our religious heroes? Those, uh, you know, who are, so to speak, in the, the hall of fame of the kingdom of heaven. Are they not even more important? Will, not, will their legacy not actually last forever? And more importantly, should we not take advantage of interceding for having their intercession, like the centurion interceded for his servant in today's gospel? Even some Protestants, you know, recognize that, where, uh, you know, especially certain Protestant denominations don't allow for any religious images, and yet I've met some uh, down in Texas when I was doing hospital ministry. I met a, a Baptist uh, pastor who was also a hospital chaplain. He said that even he, in his office, put an icon of, of Jesus in his office because he realized, you know, I have images of my family in my office. How can, and I love Jesus even more. So, you know what? I'm going to have an image of Jesus. And so he said it made some of his, uh, his, uh, people in his church a little uncomfortable because that is kind of the, the, the argument they're used to, that you're not allowed to have these religious images. But even he realized just on a natural level, why would I not want an image of Jesus? And allow it to help me foster a greater devotion and love of him. And that is uh, the thing about images is they are to stir up within us a certain devotion. You know, think of uh, the centurion in the gospel today, how he was moved to say, Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. He recognizes his unworthiness while standing before the face of God. And similarly, that is the kind of uh, devotion we are to have, to be moved to repentance, to be moved to humility, and to be moved also to have great faith in asking the Lord and recognizing his mercy and his love. When the centurion stood before Jesus, he recognized the power of God, but he also recognized the mercy of God. And he recognized just how unworthy he was before him. And so when we look at an image of Jesus, maybe an image like the divine mercy image, should we not be moved to the same sentiments that the centurion had? One of humility and repentance, in which we declare ourselves unworthy to receive them, and yet trusting in that mercy of God. Only say the word, Lord, and my servant shall be healed. Just like we say here at Mass, only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. And that is why the image of Jesus that St. Faustina had painted is a most powerful image, one that, you know, even when I give to Protestants, they're readily to accept because they can just see just how powerful this image of Jesus is in which he comes to us, blessing us, comes to us, pouring out his blood and water upon us. And 
is the one taking that step forward, which really actually reminds us of his second coming. And so the image of divine mercy is not only a resurrection image, but it's an image fitting for Advent, because in Advent we are preparing for the coming of Christ, not only celebrating that first coming of Christ at Christmas, but also that second coming in which Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead and establish true justice. This image then is a fitting image for Advent in which we are called to prepare our hearts for the Lord and to have that same sentiment and devotion that the centurion had, one of great faith, one of repentance, one of humility, and one of great trust, asking for the mercy of the Lord to be upon us and our loved ones. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.